Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brannon is not available today, but uh, hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our show. This is a good one. Uh, This is one I've been waiting for for a long time, and um, we've got a very, very special guest on the phone. And we we also, before I introduce him, uh, we've got a special guest in the studio, a fantastic local musician, uh, guitarist and bassist for several bands, and and I've shared the stage with him a few times. Billy Spitfire is sitting right across from us today. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. And uh, certified gearhead himself as well. Uh, Now, as for the super special guest we have on the line right now, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. My name's A.C. Slade. I hit strings Uh, for (laughs) bands. All sorts. (laughs) (laughs) I played for, uh, in the past, I played for Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, uh, played for a band called Amen for a short time, and I'm currently playing for uh, Till Lindemann of Ramstein and... uh, and also the band Dope. And I've also uh, known to grace the stage some pretty classic punk rock bands as, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Murder That's Dolls. It. Yeah, and Murder Dolls, yeah. yeah. And Murder Dolls. Uh, and, and probably a whole list of other ones that you could probably keep going on and on, you know, about. Um, that's that's about the end of the list. I'm not I'm not that big of a. Uh, well, I can't say the word because we're not supposed to curse, but you know, I'll leave I'll leave it. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. We know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, and so to set the stage for everybody, the reason why um, I was so interested in AC is that. Um, he plays, you know, typically we, we, if we have somebody who is a professional musician, it's, uh, you know, you, they do a thing. And in this case, he does two things for lots of different, uh, people that need him. And, and I I just thought that was such an interesting scenario. What are those two things? Well, he plays a hell of a guitar and he plays a hell of a bass. Hmm. And I think that that is a, it's, it's kind of like the way in my, in my, you know, layman's head, I was like, would I call my electrician up to have him come do plumbing? Nope. Unless I knew he was an incredible dude and was really good at both. And that's, that's kind of the case of, of AC as well as our friend, uh, uh, Billy here. So I thought that, that from a, from a, a gear standpoint and from a musician standpoint and just a, an enthusiast, rock and roll enthusiast standpoint, that's a really interesting scenario that I, 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 you really don't hear of often. It's usually people that are, that are joined up with bands are there to do the thing that they do really, really well. And, and, and a, not often is that point. a crossover. So I thought those were really unique. And I wanted to find out from a, um, you know, from a gear standpoint, like, what, um, you know, what, that's got to be kind of weird, like changing the deck every single time, you know, to, to, uh, to, to play a, spe- a specific style or to play a specific instrument and, and what that looks like. So I can't wait to talk to him about this. You guys are going to love this episode. I guarantee it. Uh, asterisks, we don't have lawyers, don't sue us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and wait, uh, you also run a coffee company. Yes. Man. What don't you do? Uh, 
Sleep. <laughs> Sleep. Sleep, that's yes. it. <laughs> no rest for the wicked. Anyways, no. oh, and, and um, just so everybody can, can get a handle on what you're doing, um, where can they go to see what you're about online? I mean, mostly my, my Instagram. That's uh, the place that I'm most active. And then for the coffee company, it's catfightcoffee.com. Catfightcoffee.com and go to AC Slade, A-C-E-Y Slade on uh, on Instagram. And you're going to find yep. him and you're going to be like, this guy's awesome. Let's follow him. Okay. A little, let's get a little bit of nonsense out of the way here. We got a few things to cover. Um, announcements. We need to thank Road. Road. Road Mics for providing our uh, musical gear. Uh, well, it is musical. It's Our, our voices are musical. Yes. Our audio gear. Thank you so much to Road for doing that and hooking us up with great stuff here. And uh, I also wanted to call attention to, there was a fella uh, that reached out to me from Australia and um, we get we get we have we, we have must a lot be, of friends in Australia. We must be the number one podcast in Australia. They might be the only one, Mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. So he reached out because uh, it, hopefully some of you are familiar with the uh, Udemy, or you know, it's like the uh, the U Academy. It's Udemy on. Uh, on the web and it's a place you can go to learn all kinds of things huh so it's Sweet. sort of like is that like you, a, it's you like dummy universal you academy. dummy is that how you spell it that's, I think it's that's universal you to academy. me <laughs> very good very good billy <laughs> anyways he said he's got a course uh called time to play guitar yeah. and he takes it from um i get from a beginner standpoint and into some, you know, like, hey, let's introduce pentatonic scale and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily um, if you've been playing forever and ever, unless you want to brush up on your basics. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a great place to start. And it's completely free. This guy, this guy wow. is not charging anything. Wow. His name is Josh King. And the, his, uh, his course is called Time to Play Guitar. And um, I'm going to, uh, you know, so I just wanted to say a big shout out to him because... Um, well, he did, he did one for us, didn't ask for it or anything. Um, and I just appreciate that he's out there com contributing to the guitar community and saying, I have something to offer to help other people's feel like I do when I play guitar. And this is how you can do it. So good for you, uh, Josh, Joshua King. And um, I continued success with your channel on Udemy. Time to play guitar. So go there. And check out what he does. It doesn't cost you a dime, and you're probably going to learn something. Okay? Nice. All right. Solid. Now, let's get on to what's going on in our music worlds this week. Tony Baloney, a.k.a. Tanya Balonsky, <laughs> you're going to lead us off, and then we're going to check in with our friend AC. Cool. Well, um, I did see your guitar today, Todd. Which one? Uh, the V. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, you were out of chases. Yeah, I went up to, uh, I brought a friend of mine, Sean, up to see mm -hmm. and talk and otherwise hobnob with his fellow guitar mm, wizards. Hobnobberies. And uh, so we were up there in uh, beautiful Delaware, Ohio, and uh, Todd and, uh, or not Todd, Todd wasn't even there. Mm. Sean and uh, Chase got along swimmingly. They were sharing war stories, and I was doing my email. Fantastic. Those are two of the finest guitar techs. Um, that I've ever run into, and they both happen to be out of Columbus. Yeah, but uh, aside from that, I've, I've been catching up on uh, some uh, issues of Vintage Guitar Magazine, and I, I, I stumbled across something from the May issue, I believe it was. And um, I believe that either Steve Vai has 
crossed into immortal guitar god or <laughs> he's, he's, cr- he's crossed the line into <laughs> insanity yeah or maybe both because there's uh on his uh, latest release he had ibanez put together a three-neck guitar now <laughs> other people have had more necks and things yeah uh he calls it the hydra and in fact on his latest uh release there's a, a song that he plays all three necks called teeth of the hydra yeah what makes this really unusual is, uh, in addition to the three necks, the top neck is a 12-string, but it's only fretted up to the seventh fret. Yes. It's fretless after that. Yeah. The middle neck is a seven-string with a uh, probably a Floyd, I believe. And then the bottom neck is a short-scale bass um, that has... Uh, it's unfretted on the E and the A and uh, fretted on the D and the G. Mm. And, he should uh, have been more specific with what he wanted. I think so. And then in addition <laughs> to that, there are 13 harp strings on it, yeah. uh, three tubes that show up somewhere. I'm not sure what they do in, or anything, but it's very interesting. And if you have a chance, uh, go to Spotify or whatever and play that song because you can hear him play all, all, all three. He, he's I doing mean, it on the, on Instagram, too. Like, yeah. he's got, it's crazy. Yeah. But it's you know it's it's just it's 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 remarkable, and I'm not a huge Steve Vai fan. I'm not a real big fan of that whole you know uh, gobble gobble stuff. But um, <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I you know uh, I did enjoy. Yeah, I've seen like Paul Gilbert a couple of well, times. You got to give it up to him for doing oh, yeah. being able to what he does. And and he yeah. was you know just for those who may not know who Steve Vai is, is he uh, started off by. Uh, transcribing uh, Frank Zappa's uh, albums, later toured with Zappa, toured with David Lee Roth, a, a bunch of other bands and things. So he's he is a true guitar virtuoso. Yeah, for sure. Not my style of music, but hey, yeah, I can admire someone that yes. has that skill level. We tip our hat to that man. Yes, indeed. Uh, AC, how about you? What's going on in your music world this week? Oh, what's going on in my music world this week? Um, Actually, it's a blank slate this week. Um, last week, the, the past two weeks, I've, I've been working on a lot of stuff. Uh, I did I did one benefit for uh, a friend of mine that passed away. And so I had to learn a, a whole chunk of songs uh, that, that he had played. And then right after that, I did another benefit for an organization called Rock to Recovery. Oh, and yeah. I, had to, to, I had to work on some songs for them. And... Uh, and that happened this past Saturday, and so now the ta- the, the chessboard is wiped clean, which is why I was I was working on my home studio stuff. So awesome! Yeah, that's always uh, it's it's it kind of a clear your day kind of a thing. If you're going to say I'm going to work on my home studio, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can imagine yeah, yeah. for you, it's maybe two or three days. Yeah, uh, well, it's more. I'm I'm just not a tech guy. Do you know what I mean? And I need to learn to be a tech guy in this day and age. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you have to learn. And um, so, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's part of the job at this point, really, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's all kinds of, you know, I mean, coming out of uh, the rigmarole that we've been through, I'm seeing all kinds of different things on stages now, which like, you know, some people are rolling with full crews and some people just flat out aren't. Um, yeah. So I imagine you're probably all over the place on that. 
Well, and then of course now the the problem that a lot of guys are running into. I just saw uh, a friend of mine who's a, a well respected uh, sound guy, and you know he he just got off a off a tour where you know the band started the tour when gas was three dollars a gallon, and in some areas of the country right now it's seven. Yeah, it's mm. crazy. And so finally they get a chance to tour again, and they get on tour, and halfway through they're all of a sudden they're going back into the red yeah you know so um gotta rent some horses <laughs> or get or get rid of some techs unfortunately yeah you know yeah, yeah. uh excellent uh billy billy is so good. i'm so what? glad you're sitting here man uh, you, billy's one of those kind it of really people is a pleasure AC, to that, that's like yeah. you can't not like billy and it's it's a uh, your name helps you know you're not named like Harold, that wouldn't be, you know, <laughs> people like Billy's, you know. Anyways, go ahead, Billy. Go ahead. Harold's not that bad, though. It's, it, not, it's, not, like his, yeah. it's not like his name is uh, Belzebub or something, no, you know. That's you, That's his stage name <laughs> yeah. for the Halloween shows. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm, I can't think of a serial killer with the name Bill. Bill. Yeah. Oh, there's got to be one. Bill, well, uh, they're they're all named Bill, actually. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know. My, my middle name is Wayne. Yeah. So look that yeah, one up. Yeah, Wayne Gacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look that one oh, up. Oh, who doesn't like Bill? Well, yeah. it's <laughs> Wayne Gacy. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, this week, so my, my week has been uh, every morning getting up at 5 o'clock to my dog, Iggy. Yeah, Iggy. And since it's a little bit early, I let him outside, feed him. And I'm still kind of rubbing my eyes open, and so I've sat down and I, I installed Duesenberg tremolos on five guitars. Wow. So that was, yeah, nice. Yeah, that was that was my that was my week. I like those. Yeah, those yeah. are good. Those are nice yeah. ones. Everything that has a stop tail piece on it, you know. Yeah, like it, your standard Gibson. Or, is that that new one I'm seeing on a lot of Firebirds? Um, it could be. Or maybe it's just that I make several different types. Um, okay. I think what they do, they're designed to fit on the, um, you know, like if you have a stop, a stop trend or a stop tail piece. Yeah. Uh, you use those the same mounting posts. studs. Yeah. And uh, you have a, a tremolo built into it, kind of like a Bigsby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, I, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly Except it. Except without all the extra hardware. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah right. it's a much cleaner install. Yeah. yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I saw a post for that um, uh, on on Instagram. It was like I, I think it might have been an ad actually, and I had been considering putting one, putting like a Bigsby on my Hagstrom Viking, and and I was mm. like, man, I don't know if I want to. You know, it's kind of it, well. It. I mean, it would look cool it's, and everything, but. I'm not as big of a fan of the big speed, so I'm like, maybe that would be cool. Because I don't want to, you know, I don't know, it's super expensive. Anyways. You can get them with a, uh, with a rotatable, uh, you know, uh, arm. Yeah. Or you can get a flat arm that's yeah. just like a big speed. Yeah. I prefer yeah. the flat arms yeah. because I love Bigsby's, but yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. they look cool. So, well, I, I, I like I like I like the way it looks with all that mass, and and I've got a, a Hagstrom with a, a Bigsby on it as well. Yeah, well then you, then you know. See, the reason that I don't want to put a Bigsby on it is because Hagstrom has a licensed Bigsby that has the really killer um, Hagstrom <laughs> emblem, uh, like uh, enamel emblem on the on the base. Uh, of, yeah. of that, which is too cool. You know, it was like, I, yeah. 
I want that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you can't buy them by themselves, or at least a you know the average Joe can't. So. I I tried, but anyways. Um, okay, well, uh, as for me, how about I, you, Todd? Well, thank you, Tony. I found a delightful package in my mail from a, one of our fantastic supporters, James Pennington. Ah, James. Uh, one of our poobahs. and um, he sent us. Uh, he's got a channel called um, uh, uh, Guitars of Doom. And he, so he's starting to make pedals and stuff, and he's just like you know into the community, and um, he's a, he's just a great friend to our show. And he sent two pedals. One is a big, huge single knob, like green meanie kind of uh, uh, pedal, and uh, the other one, and he that's Fuzz Doom, and then he calls the other one El Jefe, and that one's you know just got a bunch of other stuff and a high low filter on it, and and they're just both cool, fun. Fuzz pedals, and he gave, he sent them to me to play them and then to give them to our other supporters, our other patron support, Patreon oh, cool. supporters. Both of them. How freaking cool is that? He just built them to give away to all the other, all the other people that support the show. I love it. That's very freaking cool. It is freaking cool, man. So, anyways, humongous thank you to James Pennington, uh, Guitars of Doom, for sending that to us and I can't wait to get those in the hands of uh, some of our supporters. I think it should be Guitars of Doom. Yeah, you work on that. Yeah. I'll, I'll work something. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. It was closer. Yeah. Um, all right. Hey, Todd. Yes. You know, you said you got those two pedals from James Pennington. I did. Did you use, like, uh, how did you hook that into your pedal board? Well, fortunately, I have a a, a pretty ample supply of tour gear. A slew, maybe? I, a slew of them. Myriad, maybe. Of? Of tour gear designs patch cables. <gasps> and I love these things because Why? they... I, I have them in all kinds of different lengths. Really? Billy's pointing at me like, wait a minute, I know what this is. And so, fortunately, I was able to get a couple of different lengths. Yes. Hook them up all together. Yes. Super fast. They yeah. didn't get in the way of anything else. They didn't. They didn't crowd the the nine volt connector like oh. a lot of pancake patch cables do. That's you know that's awful. These are cool cool cables. I just looked them up and they're flat. They are flat. They have little teeny tiny tiny, tiny size the size of the jacks. jacks. And they come in a C shape and an S shape. So if you have top mount. If you have all top mount, you're in business. If you have a top mount to a side mount, they got you covered. How about the W mount? The dub, they're working on that. Okay. Yes. Um, so anyways, go to tourgeardesigns.com and load up your cart with these patch cables because they're cheap too. Wow. They're really, really well made. But I've been told yes. that if you go down at the checkout yes. and you go to the coupon code section indeed, and you type in the guitar knobs, yes. Um, you will save an additional 10%. That is 10%. That's 10% anywhere. Not just, you know, it's just 10%. Everything. Yes. On the whole, on the whole on bucket. On already reasonably priced products. Indeed. And so we thank the uh, Tour Gear folks very much for sponsoring our four on the floor. Tony. Let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right, AC Slade, guitarist and bassist extraordinaire, and maybe not necessarily in that order. What is your four on the floor? Well, um, I'd have to say, obviously, I have to start with a Korg TU2 tuner. Yeah. Uh, which 
actually is second, now that I think about it, it's actually second in my signal path. The TU2 is just, it's the, it's the staple, man. It's like, I've been using one forever and they, they're tanks and seems like any gig you go to, most people are going to have them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the, the, the Korg TU2, I know that might not be the most exciting thing, but that's the, the second thing on my, on my pedal board. Well, let me, ask first you, let, let me ask you about that yeah. really quick because, you know, there's a lot of tuners out there um, and you're yeah. probably in line with me. Like, if it's dark... I don't want to be trying to read a needle bouncing all over the place. I want to see a big giant letter pointing at me. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. And, and, and like I said, it, it seems like that that's the industry standard. It seems like everybody has one. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how much people hear it because I mean, are, are you going to hear the difference between a Korg TU2 and a Peterson strobe tuner as far as accuracy and being out? Yes, I don't you will. think so. It's yes, you will. <laughs> you think so? Okay, all right, all right. Um, it's all but, in the preamp. You know, <laughs> play, play, playing la- playing loud rock and roll. You know, may, may, maybe. But but it seems like you, you in general though. I do like to roll the dice and having the same tuner that most people will have. Sure. Uh, for the for, for that reason, you know. Yeah. Um, and it just seems like everybody has the Korg TU2. And if you have that, it seems like everybody, if somebody's out a little bit, they won't be looking at you with, uh, with <laughs> suspect eyebrows. Oh, well, actually, that's a really good point that you bring up. It's not that, okay, you, you kind of shifted the angle on that. It's not that everybody has it, so therefore it's better. It's that everybody has it. So it's kind of like if, if you're, if you're like, um, a, a, a bank robber in the 60s and you're like, all right, all boys, synchronize your watches. You all have the yes. same watch. <laughs> yes. Okay. That, yeah, that's exactly well, right. Well, a psycho. Okay. What's no, no, yours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there, I'm sure that there's, that, yes, a, a, a Peterson st- t- strobe tuner will definitely give you more accuracy than the, than the, the Korg Q2. But what I meant is more like it, and that's the one you're, that everybody will you're probably in sync have. with everyone else. Well, yes, and, and I think exactly. the other nice thing about that is they're relatively easy to replace should something happen yes, to yeah. it. They're, I mean, they are workhorses. Yes. There's no doubt about it. Yes. But every once in a while, something craps out, and uh, you just make a quick run to the local guitar center or Sam yeah. Ash, and boom, you got yourself another one. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. So, what's your next one? Uh, but so, so the first one, what goes before that, though? is uh the whammy dt the digitech whammy dt mm. um the re and it might not be for the reasons you, you think so i t- to be completely blunt i really hate whammy pedals um i i feel like it's, it's like after Dimebag did what he did with it yeah and of course a lot of times he was actually using a whammy bar but um everybody you know the whole wham you, you know going yeah. up two octaves you know like that that Riff, riff, wheel, riff, riff, wheel. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh God, how many times I got to hear this? You know, yeah. it's it's like it's like it's like. Well, you're either doing that or you're doing a pinched harmonic, and I, I hate both those things. But um, some of my guitars have fixed bridges, and I I do like to dive bomb occasionally, mm-hmm. you know, and I do like to. So I use I use it in in lieu of a uh, of a Bigsby or in lieu of well, that would be. I, I'm a Gibson guy, so I, I wouldn't use anything like a Floyd or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I like to use it for uh, in, in lieu of a, of a whammy bar, uh, tastefully. So, but the the 
detuner function will save your ass if you show up somewhere and they're like, oh, nobody told you we, we tuned down a half step uh, or, or more. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Oh, you know, oh, we just we're going to play it in a different key. I'll be honest with you. I can't transcribe that fast on the fly. And I was I I felt very uh, fortunate. I did the gig I did the other night. Um, I did with Monty Pittman from Madonna's band and ministry and prong. And he, he's played with everybody. And we were backstage before the gig and he's like, wait, what do, do we tune down the half step? I'm like, no, it's standard. And he's like, I learned it a half step down. Uh, <laughs> and he, and he was like trying to transpose it. He's oh. I'm like, I'm like, dude, why don't you just have him tune you up a half step? He's like, yeah, you're probably right. So I, it made me feel good that somebody I respect that well can't just like transcribe on the fly. Like he, he's, a, he's a monster. And yeah. he was like, yeah, I can't do that. And it was a Green Day song, so it was like, all right, cool. Like it wasn't, it wasn't rocket scientist science, but yeah, uh, but yeah, you know. And not only that, but you know, some bands I, I toured with, and we got into it a little bit when we were talking about gear. So like when I tour with the band Dope, I'll take a bass with me that's tuned s- standard with a hip hip shot drop tuner, so I can go oh, from yeah. e, from E to D. Um, or I think actually no, you know what I. I'm trying to remember what I did now that I think about it. Actually, I, I, I think I, I went from D sharp. I remember now D sharp to C sharp because we had a D sharp and a C sharp tuner. There was one song that was an E so I could take the, the way me D tuner. It, that one also goes up. And that's one reason I love it is that you can pitch up or you can pitch down. Mm-hmm. And I just, I reached down real quick, dial it in a half step up. And then my bass is in uh, E, you know, from from D sharp to E. Um, and then I can go down to C sharp and then I can also drop it down to B. Right. And you don't get and, and I'm not getting a lot of fragmentation that you can get. Obviously, if you have to go lower than that, it's maybe not going to sound that great. Yeah. But with that, in that tuning in particular, C sharp, uh, sorry, D sharp up to E, not a big deal. And then if I if I engage the hip shot. And I go down the whole step. I can get down to B. So, yeah, that uh, that that DT is like. I mean, it's and it's foolproof too because yeah, um, for kind of the things that you're saying, I, I definitely <laughs> I'm with you on that. I I always feel like I'm I'm like really hacking my way through a lot of stuff. So when, yeah, when uh, things the, are made the, the easy, it's, you know, pit, pitchfork I think sounds a little bit better, but. It, it doesn't have the expression pedal and it also um i don't know why they set it up the way that they did but it's like i just the, the way that the the digitech setup is it's like half step whole step like it's just numbered you can see yeah. it very clearly it's very manual and and yeah and the and the and the, and the pitchfork it's like i don't know what it, does. it goes from like a half step to like a step and a half or something like it's like shouldn't the next one just be another half step interval but it doesn't you know now are you finding you're using that mostly just with bass or using for bass and guitar bass and guitar okay yeah and no no real issues with multiple string hits and things like that you'd find tracking pretty good on that on that unit if i'm tracking i'm gonna i'm gonna actually pull out the the guitar no like that actual yeah i meant uh tracking as far as the pedal tracking the the string signal Oh, no, no, I don't have any problems with that. Cool. 
And if any, and if there's any anything like that, it's like I've probably just gotten so used to that pedal that I just don't even notice. I think he just managed to sell a few more of those. That was that was yeah. uh, that was the best sales pitch I've ever heard for that pedal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about number three? Ooh, now here's where we start to get a little uh, a little bit tricky. So if I was if I was if I'm playing bass, I'd have to say my uh, dark glass vintage deluxe pedal. Um, I just, I, I used that, um, you, you, it's basically, you know, it used to be the Sans Amp, uh, what is it? RBI one or whatever. Um, and dark glass, it really expanded upon that. And the, and the Sans Amps are great too, but, um, some gigs that I do, it's like if they have a really crappy, uh, amp on the road or at the gig, the DI out of that, I, I believe it. I think it has speaker emulation, but I may be mistaken about it, but it sounds so good that you don't miss the cab. It just, mm. it's, it sounds great. I can, that's like, all right, well, here's my amp. That, that's like my backup amp. And it's also my preamp in front of uh, whatever it is I might need to play through. Um, yeah, the dark glass, the vintage deluxe, that's the pedal. And, that, and I think you, I think you make a good uh, raise a good point that you know these pedals like the whammy as well as this one uh, you know what that's going to sound like so it does give you that a, a ability to just you know in in some cases use it in place of an amplifier or in addition yeah. to an amplifier so that's pretty cool and, and the dark glass stuff yeah. is made so well yeah really yeah really and solid and there's stuff. guys. The, the, the gig that I did the other day, um, one of the guys, he works with Sammy Yaffa. I don't know if you guys know him or not, but he played with the New York yeah. Dolls. He played with Hanoi Rocks. He played with Joan like I did. He, he's a very uh, revered bass player. And he was like, oh, that's all I use. And like for him to, to be for him to use one of those and like his bases are all like 60s and 70s p bases and vintage mm -hmm. this and vintage that but when it comes to his his preamp it's the dark glass so yeah. and he's going direct out too or yes uh-huh yeah i believe so wild yeah good, good good thinking billy's good billy's taking know. notes I'm writing all this stuff <laughs> but, down man and then and then and then on guitar taking the place of that would be a uh 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 modded um tube screamer perf that i had mod modified by keely a keely modded tube screamer that i have that's i i usually for guitar i like to get all the dirt that i can straight out of the head um but if i need a little little extra then it would be my ibanez tube screamer okay what did you what's what's the mod on that i don't know Okay. <laughs> that's quite, I don't know. It's quite all right. Did, you know, let me tell you, it's so funny because I spent years, everybody saying, oh, yeah, Tube Screamer and a Marshall, Tube Screamer and a Marshall. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to sound like everybody else. Um, and <laughs> so I guy. just avoid <laughs> getting a Tube Screamer for years and years and years. And I used like a Dana Electra Fab Tone and I used a couple of other things. And then we were on tour with a band and uh, the guys – the, the guy in the opening band, his dad had a music store and they had one, uh, a Keeley modded tube screamer there. He's like, Hey man, we swing through town. And I, I was, I was saying that I had always been interested in one, but was grumpy about it. And he just, he was like, well, we got one at the shop if you want to try it. And it was like, as soon as 
he brought it by and I plugged in. I was like, why am I such an idiot? Like, why did I, why did I spend 10 years being so stubborn about this pedal? Like if everybody uses it, it's probably really, really freaking good. So I should have just gotten it. You know what I mean? You know, you are striking a lot of chords with me. I, I've said so many. Most of most of my gear stories are about I don't want to do that because I don't want to sound like everybody else. And yeah. uh, Tony's like, "Why don't you just use a Marshall?" I'm like, oh, "I don't want to use a Marshall because I don't want to sound like everybody else." So guess what I'm using? <laughs> Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I can I I completely understand your your way of thinking. It's like, hey, if you're gonna do it. You know, if you're going to, whatever kind of artist you are, part of the whole thing is have a, have your own voice and mm. the, the gear so much shapes our own voice. It's not the only thing, but it certainly comes into play. And sure. uh, so if you can control that and you're able to do it, then, then great. But uh, to your point too, Hey, if, uh, if everybody's using a spoon to eat soup with, you might want to try that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Uh, anyways, how about, uh, number four? Number four, I would probably go with, um, I'd probably go with my diatone, um, chorus pedal. Hmm. And I'm not sure specifically which one it is because, um, they made two and I have both of them in two different rigs. And so I switch back and forth, and I, th- I want to say it's called the M1, but it's blue with uh, yellow, yellowish orange writing on it. Okay. Um, the guy that I, that I work with in in one of my bands, he's a tech for uh, Volbeat, Ace Frehley, like all these guys. And when he was building my rig, I was like, "Yeah, man, I really want one of these Gaiatone pedals." And he's like, "Well, why don't we get you a Boss, or why don't you get get you this?" I'm like. Dude, I think that, I don't know, man, like I've just always liked these. And he was like, all right. And this guy is the biggest gear nerd you will ever meet. Like he's this guy that'll be like, oh, that Marshall cabinet, you know, is a 1967. Lou was on the line that day and he used a different kind of epoxy that day. He's that guy. And um, like a Cliff Clavin, but he's actually correct. So anyway, um, he had never heard of the guy tone. Uh, he had heard of the guy tone pedals, but he, he was like, why is this thing so special? And he did some research on it and he came back. He's like, we do got to get that because it's got this, you know, flux capacitor in it, which does make it sound like, so you're correct in that. You've got good ears. Like I, I want him over on that. So, um, it's a guy tone course pedal and I don't do effects to sound nice and pink Floydy Floydy, if that's a word. Um, <laughs> if not, it should be. I, 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 I yeah, right. If not, I, I like, I like to, um, I like to really make things sound nasty. Like I, I want you to know I just stepped on a pedal. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I wanted to, um, and so I would say that 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 one would probably be next. That is the PS017 distortion and chorus double effect 1985 and made in Japan. If I'm not mistaken. Ah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Was that right off the top of your head? It's Todd? off the top of my head. <laughs> now my, Somebody's my, on my computer's sitting on top of my head, but it's there. You know, I I did just yeah. look it up uh, for the because uh, I'm I'm curious. And and when you started, uh, when you mentioned the orange, I remembered. I was like, wait a minute. I I think I know what you're talking about. I think it's one with the little metal bar where the instead of a you know like a, a foot a peg foot switch you know that we're used to, it, mm-hmm. for lack mm-hmm. of better, <laughs> it, mm-hmm. you know. It's a little foot. It's a, a little bar. It's a foot right? bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, 
and pedals from uh, Japan and the 80s pedals from Japan, they're cool, too. So you got cool factor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we Hey, by the way, we just did a – this is for everybody, not just you, AC. But uh, we did a uh, show recently, uh, one of our 101 shows, where yes. we dove into um, – Pedals of Japan. That's right. From uh, our friend Chris Gill, a, a lifelong writer for all of the guitar rags. Um, and uh, so that's we learned about all that stuff. And it was mm. great. Um, awesome. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing your four on the floor. Um, that As interesting as that was, which is one of our most beloved sections on the, on the show, um, I, we want to find out about you and what you do on uh, on a daily basis uh, with your gear and the story behind, you know, how does one become not only a international touring guitar player, but also an international touring bassist and where where some of the decisions are, are coming from and, and is it difficult and and all the the things that go along with that i want to see what the your favorite number of strings are on any instrument <laughs> <laughs> well i, I guess that the, the, the easy answer to that is i'm definitely a better bass player than i am a guitar player but you know what there's nothing cooler than hitting an open a chord in front of a stack yeah. Like you don't get that same, you don't get that same feeling from a bass. Do you mm. know what I mean? Um, and what I what what I like about basses, depending on the gig, I mean, what what I like is it's a little bit like a, I don't do crossword puzzles, so maybe the analogy is wrong, but I feel like when you come up with a bass line, it's a little bit of like you're slowly chipping away at it. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're slowly molding it. Like, you, you know, you kind of start off and you're just hitting, you know, the basic same chords as the guitar to get up and running. And then you're getting, you start listening to the vocal melody and, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate that I, that I've, uh, stepped into the shoes of some great bass players like Chasm Sultan, um, and worked with great drummers, uh, as well, who will, tell you a lot about um bass you know and yeah so i i feel like i'm definitely a better bass player than i am a guitar player i'm more a rhythm guitar player you know and, yeah and in and in and in the the hard rock and heavy metal world it's, it's like rhythm guitar player oh you know? <laughs> rhythm's everything that's where i that's where i live yeah for that yeah. Well, also because i'm not a great soloist <laughs> or a great lead um but uh it from a bass standpoint, and so let me ask this, uh, you know, most of us kind of think of like, oh, the bass guy basically, you know, uh, uh, there's this relationship with the drummer that the guitar mm. player doesn't necessarily have to the degree that a bass player has. Yeah. When you are on stage or, you know, whatever you might be doing, do you find that it's weird to kind of maybe toggle on and off from that or? Uh, no, no. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, th I throw myself in, into one or the other, you know, and it's, they, they really are two different instruments. I mean, you know, it's like, I really have to be aware of the fills that the drummer's doing. Um, and also if the drummer does fills where they, where he does them, you know, I mean, one of the, the, probably the two best things that I've learned about bass one was from Dave Lombardo 
and uh, he always gives a fill when he's gonna gonna change. And it might not be like a big dramatic fill, one you might not notice, but he he said he's like, yeah, that's our job to let this uh, let the singer know that we're going into the next part. And he's the only drummer I've ever met who who thought about it that in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. yeah, well, well, this is the way we we let let the singer know that that it's time to go into the chorus or that it's time to go into the pre-chorus. I think most times drummers think of it like, yeah, you just do a, a fill because you, you get a little little space there to do something, right, you know. And right. that's not the way Dave looks at it. And it really made me realize that with with bass, and it helped us to communicate way better. And then the other thing too is Joan told me one time, and it was weird because I. It was so obvious. I never really thought about it, but she was like, "She's like, yeah, you know, the, I, I really like it when, you know, the the bass goes from, say, eight, eighth notes in the verse, sixteenths in the chorus, and then never the two shall pass." Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I mean, I did that before, but I never had anybody just say like, "Yeah, you you, you play less in the verse, or you play more in the chorus, or vice versa, depending right. on what the song calls for." Yeah, but. But th- those are those are two things where my brain goes to when, when I'm playing. Like, all right, where's the drummer going to get the fill so I can match it? And where am I where am I picking up and where am I uh, laying back? You know? Yeah, for sure. Now, the one exception to that would be Spinal Tap's Big Bottom. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> yes. I was Thank waiting you. for the when that was going to come into the program. <laughs> yeah. um, those those two those two pieces and then the, the third piece of information that that I was given that is just the best as a bass player, but also as a guitar player and musician. There's a producer uh, that was named Kato Kandawala, and he did a lot of huge records, and. He said, uh, we were talking about playing ahead of the beat or behind the beat. And he goes, uh, I said, well, he said, uh, how many sounds does a kick drum make? I was like, well, what do you mean? He said, make the sound of a kick drum. I, was, I said, boom. So how many sounds is that? <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, well, it's one. He goes, no, it's two. He said, it's, there's the buh, and then there's the um. And if you want to play ahead of the beat, you play on the buh. And if you want to play behind the beat, you play on the um. And I never thought of it that way wow. before. Like, I never... Yeah, you know, because even if you're behind the beat, you got to be consistent. And a lot of people, I think, just kind of hail Mary it. Like, well, I'm just going to play a little bit slower and hopefully it's still kind of in time. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the case. You, you aim for the um every time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think uh, uh, one of the people that has that has done that like really, really well or maybe more recognizable just from a, a grand star is keith richards where mm. you know so like oh, oh yeah. he plays lazy well you know it, it's sort of like you know you're, he's dragging behind things and maybe that you know i wonder if that is is part of that because I've, I've actually never heard that I, I appreciate you sharing that yeah and that's yeah. i mean even but, yeah but he's like he's like consistent with that right though. do you know what i mean like it's yeah and that's beginning what, a midnight rambler you know yeah and that's hmm. what made frank sinatra stand out when he was playing with an orchestra he was always you know a little bit behind yeah and it was a little bit draggy or whatever but then his voice became prominent in that part of the song too true too true yeah. too true so from the experiences that you're having when you're uh you know you get off of something and you're like okay great i just uh was out with tour with joan jett and uh you know ron calls up and uh, and they like hey we need you to do a thing Tell us about like when you have to 
like completely shift gears on something. What is that? What kind of process do you go through um, and in gear selection, mental preparation, that kind of thing? Well, gear selection, life has gotten so much easier now thanks to amp modeling. Um, I use um, positive grid uh, bias amps. Uh-huh. And I, th- those that I can't, I can't say enough good things about them. Um, they, they they sound great. Um, but you know, the heads that I use for them are 300 watt heads and they're like a third rack space. And I can save, I think six guitar presets and six bass presets, uh, on the head. And it has all the knobs like you would have on a guitar amp. And so for me, I've used a couple of them. I've used uh, Kempers and I've used Fractals. And man, as soon as you got a, a, a telephone keypad on the front of it, I'm just yeah. terrified. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and the kind of music you're playing, I think, um, you know, more is is not necessarily more. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I and, and I don't I don't like to use, uh, you know, I mean, it's, everything's changing, obviously, but, um, you know, if I'm going to use a chorus, I want to use it from a pedal, you know, or if I'm going to use a delay, I want to use it from a pedal or something. I want, I, I don't, I don't like it programmed into the effect necessarily, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, in that, uh, mental headspace, um, you know, you're learning, you're probably learning new new songs um and probably shifting rat but like not totally radically i mean you're still in the hard rock and 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 etc uh vein of basically everything you're doing but um you know i, I can only imagine it's got to be very different to when, when you once you have that sort of mental muscle memory and everything going from doing the the show's touring around with one band and then shifting completely to another one. Um, I think that's something that we all, you know, those of us who don't do that wonder about that. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, I got to tell you, one of the things that that was pretty interesting is, is when I landed the Joan gig, I thought, all right, I love rock and roll. I can play that. What's the, what's the big deal there? Um, and what, like, like I said, what, what I did not realize is that Chasm Sultan played on a lot of those records. And Chasm is in Utopia. God, he's in some a, a couple of prog bands. And it and you could tell that it was like four on the floor, three power chords. Oh, I'm going to have some fun with this. Um, and so that was a challenge, man. It was a lot of walking bass lines, which I'd never really done before. Um, and, you know, they gave me... I think 17 songs I had to learn. And of course I chipped away at the, the easy ones first. And then by the time it was getting close to, to leaving for tour, I still had three left that were very challenging. And I was like, wow, Oh my God. Like, I hope I can, I hope I can get these, you know, but, um, but you know, you, you end up getting it, you know, you just, you just got to work hard. And then switching the, the flip side to that is, is playing with Till Lindemann. Um, you know what makes of, it hard uh, of Rammstein. Ch- Am I challenge- saying that right? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what makes it challenging with him is everything is in drop A. Right, because is that is that largely based on his vocal range? I think it's it's his vocal range, but I think it's also because uh, um, Ramstein don't tort tune that low. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know, everything's like a challenge till, till it isn't. And then like once you overcome it. So for example, like the, the, the Jones stuff, it was like all those walking baselines. It's like, well, yeah, you got, you got to know that stuff, you know? So Mm -hmm. that now all of a sudden it's easy peasy, you know, I can play walking baselines all day long. Um, and then like, and then with till it was very, it was challenging from a gear point of view because he want, I, I like four string basses. I don't like five string instruments. Um, and setting up a four string bass for a tuning that should really be for a five string. Mm. Oh man, that was just <laughs> what a, what a challenge. I mean, everything from like, you know, one of the bases that I was using was a mid scale bass, which is 32 inches. And what, what, all of a sudden I was having this problem with that low A string and I couldn't figure out what, what, what the problem was. My tech and I couldn't figure out what the problem was. Well, the problem was I was using, I think a 140 gauge string and, and the tuning pegs on that bass were, were the, had the, 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 I guess that's a one, not one eighth, I guess quarter inch tuning peg, the smaller one, you know? Um, and so it was happening was the core of the string was breaking inside because it was such a thick string and it oh, couldn't wow. make that turn. Oh, yeah. Holy moly. So we couldn't figure it out. We're like, we're like, why is this a string sound like crap? You know, like, like, I mean, it was like real, really obvious something was wrong. It's like, Oh, the core keeps breaking. It's like, ah, Billy set us up with the big question. The big question, AC, yes. tell me about your guitars. Oh, this is the fun part. Number Um, one and number two on guitar and number one and number two on the bass. Okay. Uh, Number one on guitar, I'd have to say, is probably my Gibson Les Paul Standard. Um, It's a one of 50 custom shop, and it was the first Gibson that I ever got, and it has been with me. I got that as a teenager, um, and... uh, I saw it on the wall and I, and it's, so it's got a finish on it called Brunswick blue, which is kind of rare. Like it looks black and then it's got like blue metal flake in it. Ooh, so it's not like, sweet. like a, it's like not a like that. The, yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Nice. Um, and you've had that since you were a teenager and you take it on tour. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> and anytime I have, I have it. And, but the thing that's funny about that guitar is it's not my best sounding. It's not, it's just always been there, man. It's just always been there. So I always have to include that in with, uh, in, in, in with whatever it is that I do, uh-huh. you know, that's the, that's like my left arm, that thing, you know? Um, I get it. So I'd say that, that that's definitely my number one guitar. Um, but my number two, I've been working with a guitar company from California called Marvin guitars. Oh yeah. I got, and, I, Oh, I'm usually wearing that shirt. Um, I just checked oh, my chest man. to see if it's there. We've had him on the show. Keith is the best. Maybe that's maybe that's how we connected. Yeah, um, I think it was actually. He, you know, he hit me up, and he was like, "Hey, man, I want to build you a guitar. What do you want?" And I told him, and then like eight months later, he's like, "Hey, your guitar's done." And I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> so what we did was, I, I wanted something that had the aesthetic of a of a junior or a melody, uh, like a junior or a special that had like the the dual cutaway look, right? Um, but something that was a little a little beefier. So you know, we put a single pickup in it. It's got a wraparound tailpiece on it, but we went. It's, it weighs a little bit more, and it's got the humbucker in it, and so it's it's like it sounds kind of like somewhere between a uh 
somewhere between a, a, a standard and the scrappiness with the junior or a, or a, you know, special. But, um, and I think we have arcane pickups in those and the coil tap in it, man, that's the secret sauce. Like that's the, that's the little, you know, like I don't like channel switching so much and I know it's a different thing, you know, but the, when I switch to the, when I use the coil tap in that, man, it really sounds like a strat or a telly mm-hmm. and it, it's pretty obvious, you know, yeah. um, I don't like subtlety and then I engage it and I get a nice Gibson humbucker sound to it. So yeah, the, the guitars that, that he and I have built together are my number twos, you know, I'm I'm sitting here, <laughs> and I'm looking at Tony, and I said before you said Junior, I said it's gonna be a Junior, and he said, and yeah. then you said Junior. Now the 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 funny thing is, uh, both Billy and and Tony here know my story about the guitar that I had built, and you literally almost word for word described the conversation <laughs> especially, that I especially had. the heavy part <laughs> yeah i said oh, nice. i wanted it a little bit bigger of a belly you know a, a little yeah. uh, so it's it's a little it's like a half inch bigger on on both sides i wanted it thicker i wanted a single pickup i like because i had a les paul uh special that i love but it was like it was just kind of like a, it didn't have enough like uh, you know yeah and yeah. so you're saying that and I'm, like, I'm beaming i'm like that's my guy he gets it I, yeah. it's the whole thing oh yeah uh, and and his yeah. guitars, when it, whenever whenever I uh, sound check, those are the guitars. Keith's guitars are the ones that every guitar has to live up to. Like that's that sets sets the benchmark. That's high praise. Um, yeah, and and I've I got some. I got to tell you, man. You know, and I'm I'm a Gibson guy, and um, you know they're doing great guitars again. It's been so awesome seeing them kind of rise from the ashes and mm-hmm. um my they, they sent me a um uh sg modern mm-hmm. and dude that thing rips like that's one of the only guitars i've ever had that that wasn't made for me mm-hmm. that right out of the case plugged it in all right done don't change a thing wow that nothing needed mm-hmm. changed on that at all what and it's it? kind of cool because with that i get a little bit of the opposite of what i get with the marvins because they have the maple top on it mm. So it gives me a little bit more snap, but uh, uh, it's the the gray grayish. It's not a silver burst because you can see the the wood grain in it, but it's oh, like okay. a gray burst. Cool, cool. Yeah. And your bases? Uh, bases right now. Um, if I'm tuned standard, I really like SG bases, but I've been really. God, I, uh, it's so funny. It's it. it I, I've been doing. I, I thought I was butchering my SG basses, but in reality, I believe that I'm doing what every bass player who's ever wanted a Gibson SG bass has wanted to do. So basically, I take out those uh, the, those old EB1 pickups, you know, where it's got the big one and the yeah. soap bar yeah. type mm-hmm. thing. I, I take those out and I put Gibson style humbuckers in them, um, oh. bass humbuckers. Um, but what I just started having... Um, Chris at Black Cat Pickups, he now makes me because for the um, for the Lindemann gig, I, I needed that extra like 2K that you get out of the um, jazz bass pickups. I needed that li- because it's tuned so low. I needed like I don't want that clackiness. I just needed that that bell that you get with jazz pickups. So we threw um, 
jazz pickup, jazz style pickups that Chris at Black Hat Pickups built into a humbucker style casing and it sounds mean and it looks great and so um that's that's that bass i have a zomitis bass which is amazing you know it's got the the uh etched pick guard on it Ooh. um those are those are probably i mean when it comes to bases it, it just depends on on the gig you know i i'm a little bit more picky about the with guitar i don't feel like i have to be as picky about the instrument it's more about the amp kind of but with bass i feel like it's more about the instrument and less about the amp and on bass so give us an example of what bass with what band makes sense. oh okay with joan i was playing i played a couple different things with joan so to give it like the so the more rock and roll thing uh with joan i was using I was using ESP Phoenixes for a long time. I I actually brought the ESP Phoenixes to them to the states. Before that, you could never get them in the states, um, and I brought them to the states. And a, a ESP had wanted to work with me for a while, and I said, um, "You know, this is the only guitar I want to play." And they're like, "Well, it's not in our line." And I'm like, "This is the guitar I want to play." And they're like, "Okay, well, we're not going to put it in our line. So will you play a uh, Eclipse guitar." for first three songs or something like that as well. And I was like, yeah, all right. So the guitar came in and they're like, oh, this is really cool. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and, it, and, and, it, and it's been in their line ever since. And the fact that they never gave me a signature model uh, will forever taint my opinion of them. But um, I, I've just still always been a Gibson type guy. So that, that was a Gibson style bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then I, and then I played a gold top Les Paul bass with them and then what i really fell in love with was a 335 bass that i used with her and from there i switched to a d'angelico um xl88 i think it was called which was a a hollow body less paul shaped bass that i still to this day i love that thing i think it's great awesome wow I, i was just showing tony like um I uh, last week I ran across one of Craigslist as a, a Jack Cassidy, yeah. a black one. I was oh like, yeah, oh, man, Jack Cassidy. I want yeah. that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Can we go back to your uh, your Thunderjet Marvin? Um, yeah, yeah. What are the three? Con- I mean, obviously, I think one's a volume, one's probably a tone. What's the third knob for? Oh, in case I ever want to drop a neck pickup in. Oh, okay. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. well, there you go. So, so, it's, pretty, so, it's, so it's so this way it's already routed out. It's already wired. It's all already ready to go. I just got to cut the pick guard and drop it in. Yeah, I know a guy can do the pick guard. Bada bing, bada bing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, AC, this has been really, really awesome. I, I love how much you've been able to share with us in such a short amount of time. And we know that you're, you know, you're, I know you're getting a lot of things done right now. So we have uh, one little thing that we're going to handle and then uh, we're going to, Send you on your way. We have a little thing called uh, Would You Rather. This is a quick question. Uh, it should be fun, especially based on what you just said. Would you rather is our little ditty that we're doing. Uh, Jared's not here, so he's not singing it. But this one comes from a fellow named Stu Shaley. Uh, he says, salutations. I'm a fairly new n- listener, but I am hooked. I'm looking forward to being a grand poobah someday. Not in the cards right now with a two-year-old and another on the way. However, I mention your podcast to all my friends and coworkers daily. Thank you very much, Stu. We appreciate that. And he says, anyways, here's a scenario. 
You and your band are making it big, and your favorite big builder manufacturer is taking notice. They offer to build you a signature piece of gear, either a guitar or amp. Not uh, so, uh, you know, it's like uh, Fender makes both guitars and amps, and no, everybody mm-hmm. knows that story. Um, so, not, li- not limited to those two examples. Would you rather choose your own signature amp or your own signature guitar? And what, what would the model or styling be? Mm. Tony Baloney, why don't you lead us off and tell us, uh, uh, would you rather? I know the would you rather yes, because I was there. I know. Um, I would rather have, I think it's an obvious choice, easy choice, uh, the artist's guitar. I think that would be really the best. And okay. I would like a semi-hollow guitar, but with one pickup and a wraparound bridge. Actually, I think what would be really cool would be like a Les Paul Custom, but with one pickup and a wraparound bridge. Not a, a hollow a body? Les Paul what? Yeah, you Custom. Can get a, you can get so a, you're going to do a hollow body Les Paul? Yes, a hogged out Les Paul. Okay. Mm-hmm. No F-holes. Okay. One mm. pickup. Okay. Wraparound bridge. Right. So basically like a Jared, Jared Nichols. Uh, I think that is that what is Are you going to have a wound G string or unwound? Uh, I would prefer an unwound okay. G string. Okay. That's my thing. Yeah. Well, on you, it's going to wind up pretty quick anyway. But no, I think that would be kind of cool. Or if that doesn't work, I will take a one pickup Rickenbacker 330. Yeah, see, I figured you'd go for the Rick. No, I, there's something about the, the the when you're thinking about like a Les Paul Custom, uh-huh. and in some cases, Les Paul Customs have three pickups. Yeah. But having just one, but all the, you know, the fancy inlays and the headstock inlay, but with a wraparound bridge and one pickup in the bridge. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's easy. Um, guitar. Um and you know, I, I mean, really, my 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 Thunderjet guitar already exists, and I, and I forgot to mention that with uh, Marvin, we made a uh, bass that is similar to uh, an SG. But what we did was we made the bottom horn extend out longer, so it almost has a uh, Mossrite mm-hmm. sort of look to it. That's cool. And nice. and then what we're doing, we we did the first one. And now what we're doing on the new one is we're giving it a raised center plank like you, you have on a, a Firebird or a Thunderbird. That's cool. Um, so it's like an SG meets a Thunderbird meets a uh, Mossrite type of thing. How heavy so, is this thing? It's not heavy at all. Okay. And it's not bad at all. Okay. Good, because Billy's got a bad back, so you can get it. You can get that. <laughs> yeah. You can get it, Billy. Me, me too. I play me a Longhorn in, in my that, surf band, so, you know, a Dano that, Longhorn. That's part it's of the, the lightest thing, with, thing on earth. With that, yeah, I do too. And that's part of the thing with Keith too, is that like, I don't remember what the weight is, but we, we, we've been weighing the instruments out and I, I don't like them too heavy. Um, although it's weird because one thing we also realized is that I was doing rehearsals for a band and he brought this, uh, Moss right by and he was like, well, this, can you play this for the rehearsals while I, while I work on your guitar? He's like, only thing is it's really heavy. And I'm like, well, it looks cool as hell. So I'll, 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 I'll suffer through and it was so bizarre dude just the way that this thing 
sat on my body. It's yeah. like it didn't feel heavy. It was really weird. Like I was like, I, I played this the, the entire day, and it was, he had to. I didn't want to give it back to him, to be honest with you. But killer, killer, solid. Billy Spitfire. I have an answer. Good. Because I already have several signature guitars, which Tony has <laughs> most graciously <laughs> added my signature, Billy Spitfire. That's true. To the pick guard. Okay. For example, a Gretsch and a, you know, uh, yeah. it goes on and on because yeah. I'm that way about yeah. myself. I dig it. <laughs> so I would rather have a signature amp ah. built along the lines of the Gretsch bass amp, quote unquote, uh-huh. which is really geared more for a guitar, but I would have it. That's a, you like know, a 65 B, or something that's, like that's that. Like something a 65. Like the one I have, you know, the chassis has rust and it's ready to fall apart. And I'm not going to touch it because it sounds so beautiful. Uh-huh. Hmm. But I would like it along that lines and just built like a tank. Hmm. Um, and with that a, would be a it. And, and this is a challenge. Well, no, no, no. Here's the oh, challenge. Okay. And again, it's for Mr. Tony. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that challenge. is to get into the realm of the signature on the grill cloth. Mm. Oh, okay. You know, the little plastic yeah, emblem. Instead of saying bass amp, it would say the Spitfire. Spit fire or, yeah. or the, you know, Billy's... Or Fire Spit. Yeah. Yeah. I did that <laughs> yeah, on the special Supro sauce. with the... Uh, uh, Billy's Special Sauce. That's what it would say on Just it. 3D print yeah. it. Yeah. That's what we did with, I remember, you know, yeah. the, we did the Valentino's yeah, yeah, yeah. on the... On the cloth and took the there you go off there you go it so. can be done you can have that you can put it on any amp you want right on i got a guy i can help you out seriously <laughs> seriously if you want to put those on your amps like legit yeah. i can help okay. you out yeah all right all right um, sweet todd well i'm glad you asked me tony <laughs> i would like my signature on your my guitar si- yeah, yes. i would want billy's signature no I, you know what i want um i kind of already did my own custom guitar. It's not a it, so it's this is my signature. But yes, I would love to do a signature model. Uh, I think I'd do the uh, the Gibson Barney Kessel. Uh, it's a, a kind of an old jazz style guitar, except uh, it's, you know it's like a bigger body, double cut. But the double cut has um, it's a little bit more um, pointed. Much like the Vinny guitar that I actually made, which, you know, I did look at Kessel and said, hmm, I kind of like this. And so I employed that a little bit. I think I'd want to put like a center block down the middle, though, maybe. I don't know. That that might be crazy pants. But just for some added stability, I probably would put um, something brighter in as far as, because right now it's got uh, the the... Barney Kessel comes in with uh, humbuckers. So I think I'd probably opt for something along the lines of maybe a, a Filtertron or something. So I think that'd be pretty rad. Now, so, uh, and this is just going to be black with white trim or is this going to oh be no. gold, decked out gold, gold, gold sparkle? So I'm going to do, it'll, it'll kind of match. I, I, what I'd like to have is, is all black with the gold sparkle pick guard and uh, the nameplate at the bottom because uh, on the Barney Kessel, it says uh, Barney Kessel. <laughs> uh, it, but if there's a, a walnut backing on it, I would want to do a gold sparkle backing on that. So those things would make it my signature, dang it, and it's a freaking rad-looking guitar. Yes. 
Give me one of those. Make it today. I'll go pick it up tomorrow, Gibson. Anyways. There is a Reverend Charger that is similar to that. Not, it doesn't have horns, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think then it's I th- really kind I of I think not your the dream guitar is, is yeah. quite doable. If, if I'm wanting to buy a car, I won't come to you for a motorcycle, Billy. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, well, thank you so much to Stu for uh, sending that in, and uh, that was a that was a really fun one. Much obliged. If you want to get your would you rather read uh, or listened to, I guess or even answered better, or answered even or answered even, uh, you can send it to us, and we'd be happy to do that. Thank you, Stu, for uh, for sharing that with all your friends too. He's getting the word out. We really appreciate that. We yeah. love new listeners. All right. Tony, we got some people to thank. That's right, Todd, because at this point of the show, we love to thank a very special group of people. These are our executive producers. Now, an executive producer makes the podcast possible. How do you become one? Very simple. Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Uh I almost forgot. Yeah. I almost forgot where I was. Okay. Uh, check out a couple different levels in which you can participate, become a patron, a sponsor of this very podcast. Each level comes with some really great thank you gifts, piles and piles of thank you gifts, including things like giveaways. Yeah. Oh, we've got some giveaways are coming up. A couple pedals and a bunch of uh, tour gear patch cables. But there's one thing more yep. in addition to all the great stuff. Jared, what is that? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. I got it, Todd. I got you covered. Do it. I do. So special thanks to these executive producers. Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, Drew Lopez, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, <laughs> Mike D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garten, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalera, Bagola Guitars. Man, that guy's making some fine stuff down there. Nice Oof. stuff. Another one of our fans from Australia. Yep. Uh, John Esterly. Hi, John. J- Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, John Anglin, Tom Brazen. Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk from Wonderful Audio Technology. What? what? <laughs> Thank you. Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hammer, and Stuart George. Yes. All the way from Wales. Yes. Giving Who Australia is? a run for its money. <laughs> and what? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> From Wales. Yes. Proximity or? Okay. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Todd, there's another special group of executive producers. Yes. These are our grand poobas. Yes. These are the top of the heap. Yes. The creme de la creme. Sitting up there at the penthouse. Yes, and sitting in some With sort of... With the nacho cheese fountain. Oh, oh, that sounds really good. Yes. Mm, I'm going to try that. So special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga. Brandon Wham Pickups, Rex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company. Yes. John Williams, 
James Pennington, who just sent us some really cool pedals. Yep. Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik from 12th Hour Devices, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S., and Eddie Serratos. But wait! Wait. We have an upgrade. Oh, these are my, I love these. A new an sponsor? An upgrade from David Poe, who was a mere executive producer, now a grand poobah. Wow. Nothing mere about the executive poobahs. Mm, welcome aboard. I mean, we have a fez coming your way. How do you become one of these grand poobahs? That's a great question that we kind of... We'll, we'll hit that again. Where can they go? Patreon.com. Patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out the level called a grand apuba. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much to all of you who are supporting our show. It it makes such a huge difference for it us. It really we does. Truly appreciate it. Um, so, Billy. Yo. Where. You're involved in a lot of things. Where can people check out what you're doing? Oh, of course. So I'm Billy Spitfire on Facebook. And what's that other one? Instagram. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. same thing, you know, kind of. TikTok. But yeah. also, I also have an art page called Billy Spitfire Unlimited. Yeah. That's you, where I post all my paintings. He is a remarkable painter, like legitimately. Wow. Really, really do you do good. And, okay. <laughs> Why do you ask? No. Um, <laughs> if you're naked, yes. <laughs> we don't talk about these yeah. things. Um, so, uh, also, I play in, I play lead guitar in the Mathematics, Mathematics from Columbus, Ohio. M-E-H. M-A-T-I-C-S. Yes. Mathematics. Yeah. Uh, we're a punk band and we can be found on Facebook and all that stuff yeah. as well sort as New York dolls ish. Yeah. 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 We're, we're a late seventies kind of, you know, glam punk. Yeah. 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 Um, and you can also find us on Apple iTunes Spotify, and Spotify and Pandora stuff. and all that stuff. Yeah. We've got one album out called Mathematics. Yep. We're going to be coming out with another one. Uh, I also play in the surf band, the Bastard Sons of Neptune, uh-huh. which uh, is a local cover band of uh, mostly surf tunes. Uh-huh. And uh, we also surf up some other classic songs, you know, right by like Chris Isaac or Dwight Yoakam. Yep. And we, play and bass we do. In that. I play bass in that band, and we also do some originals. So. One of these days, we might put together a little mini album. It is a, yeah. a band of uh, very talented, yeah, very talented. I'm honored to be uh, on that stage legit, with those guys. Legit, yep. really yep. great players. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, Tony, how about yourself? Uh, just head over to pickguardian.com. Thank you so much. Check All out right, we're gonna. Why do you interrupt me, Todd? Yeah. Just go to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the stuff that I do there. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you're trying to do. I do mostly custom work. So yes. just uh, you know, let me know what you need, what you're trying to do. And if you I need will... to put some lipstick on your guitar, Tony's the man. Yes. Or if you want your own little signature like Billy Spitfire. Yeah. Very cool. He's the man. Yeah. You can uh, email me at todd at the guitar knobs.com. 
Uh, you can direct mail me at, or direct message me rather, at Instagram, <coughs> at Guitar Knobs. We would love to hear what's going on with you, um, what you think about the show, uh, good or bad. And mostly good. We like those ones. A All lot. the bad ones, write them on the back of a $20 bill. Yeah. And then, uh, and you know, send us your would you rathers. We'd love to hear that. And, it, you know, we get a lot of, legitimately, we get a lot of people, hey, have you heard about this, uh, these pedals or these guitars or anything like that? Yeah. Hey, we don't know ever. There's tons of people yet to be explored. Yes. So, uh, fortunately, that means we get a lot more episodes coming up. So, anyways, thank you, thank you so much to AC for the time that you shared with us, the information that you shared and everything, and uh, hope you had a good time on the show. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, everybody. Well, hey, this has been a super fun time. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Have a fantastic guitar week, and subscribe! Yes. He's got a thing. He's got a thing. He's got a thing. Todd. Are you there, Todd? <clears throat> We're talking to you, Todd. Todd. <laughs> Is it true what they say right on the bathroom walls about Todd? Oh, 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 oh we got oh, we got oh. a bunch of. See, the thing is, at, from okay. this point on, it's more nonsense. We we front load with nonsense. Okay. And then we also back load with okay. nonsense. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's just not enough nonsense. <laughs> um, okay. So or nonsense. Was, nonsense. It yes. Was, Did you? Drink any of that? I did. Okay. I did. I drank half. Everybody good? I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Give me a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent driver. <laughs> That's right, Todd. I'm going to tell the whole story now. By everybody, I mean everybody but me. He's got to see a man about a horse. Yeah. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash theguitarknobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitarknobs. Catch you next time.